Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about what's weighing on our minds. I'm Trevor Keezon, I'm a chub, and I'm a Gemini. <laughs> uh, and my name is Michael Willer, I am a chaser, and I am an Aries. Uh, Don? <laughs> my name is Don, I am a chub, <laughs> and I'm a Taurus. I am very much a Taurus. <gasps> Monster. Oh dear. Uh, I'm Dan, Dan Oliverio, and uh, I'm a chaser, and I am also an Aries. Aries for life the best so our first topic of the day uh we have uh something that's that's definitely come up over the years that i've been paying more and more attention to movies living in la um is that you always see uh famous actors being put into fat suits to play the various roles that they're cast to play as opposed to actually casting fat actors to play those roles um and one of the most recent examples of this uh was john lithgow playing roger ailes yes that's right in bombshell and and interestingly enough, he also played uh, Winston Churchill. Yes, in the, the Crown. Um, yeah, but this so there there was an article, an interview with uh, John Lithgow in IndieWire, mm-hmm. um, and it was in October. But it's resurfaced. We're we're in award season, so people are kind of revisiting um, all this media about various movies that have come out this year. Um, and John Lithgow really just kind of goes in. To a bad place, which I love John Lithgow, so it was really kind of upsetting to yeah. see him. Um, they initially, when they started filming, he was not in a fat suit. And then they decided, um, you know, he says in the article, like, we, I needed man boobs. Right. Um, so half of the movie, he's in a fat suit, and then the rest, he's not, which I, have, I haven't seen Bombshell yet, so I don't really know if that looks weird at all. And it was kind of an arbitrary thing, too. He said, I we, uh, halfway through the shooting, we decided that he needed man boobs, and but... But it was based scene by scene on whether or not he, you know, I felt like it or whether or not it was a man boob scene, what? which is, it was really arbitrary. It was kind of a strange decision. I mean, my weight can fluctuate from time to time. It's not like that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's not a thin actor. I mean, certainly he can kind of carry the, the body shape to a degree. But the fact that they had him in pro- full prosthetics on his face mm-hmm. and then only half the movie, he has the fat suit. Well, I think part of it is so obviously given the movie, I think it's like how monstrous do we want Roger Ailes in this scene? How mm-hmm. disgusting do we want to make him? Right, exactly. Well, I was just curious what his assumption is. Like, as the actor, what governs his decision? Like, oh, I definitely need the fat suit for this scene. Is it because he's walking? It's, no. I it, mean, does the, he talk about that? The way He does kind of talk about that, and the way that he puts it is basically how, like Trevor was saying, like, how monstrous and is he in the scene? Like, how... Mm-hmm. How terrible is he going to be? Do we need the man boobs for for? And it 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 seemed like he was equating the fat suit to how awful his character was going to be. Uh, yeah, it, or or at least saying that he felt like he needed the suit to play those awful moments. Yeah, if you're going to play the monster, you need to wear the monster suit, which is sort of the history of fat people in cinema. Yeah, you know when it's so we talked about this a little with um fat thor in the first episode mm-hmm. and it's not like there is this transformation that happens where he's in a fat suit for half the movie because he's he's fat and then he loses weight john lithgow is an amazing actor but there's no reason john lithgow needs to play a fat character mm-hmm. there will be no uh you know ernest hemingway tragedy fat suit for sale never worn if we don't <laughs> do this well by the same token though he's playing a real person and that person was fat. Yes. Yeah, but I'll so, bet that person was fat all the time. You know, that's a valid point. Well, here's the interesting thing. I mean, maybe he was never like super fit, but there was a reference. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting which which interview this was in. But uh, 
apparently was it Roger Ailes was saying, and maybe this is in the movie, uh, but the quote was basically, um, I didn't always have to try and lure women because I wasn't always fat. Mm-hmm. And that's where you started getting some of that reference to like, well, if he's got, you know, if we have him in the fat suit, it's, it's also a scene where he's going to be a monstrous person trying to lure the women. It's kind of based on that quote. It's, it's basically pulling from him saying it himself saying, I wasn't always fat and I didn't always have to do this. Yeah. And that, that sort of sets you up for, well, that movie. I don't know the story well enough to, to guess, but I would assume that he's a pretty horrible person on his own. I don't know that we had to equate his weight to how horrible of a person he is in this story. Like that seems unnecessary and not really related. Well, I can't think of a time ever where a fat suit has been used to show somebody when they were in a better frame of mind or a kinder person. It's always a joke or to show their kind of villainy. You know, it's so someone was, Oh, they were a fat joke in high school or, um, I think one of the clearest examples is Monica and friends. Yes. Whenever you go back in time, she was a fat girl before she grew up and became conventionally hot. Yes. Um, but whenever you go back to the time, it's not just about her being fat. It's about her being clumsy. Yes. It's about She's fat her and being clumsy and disgusting awkward. and awkward. And, yeah. and most importantly, unpopular. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she's always eating. And she's always eating. Yeah. Um, we also saw the male version of this in New Girl. Uh, the character Schmidt. Um, oh. It's not high school. I think it's college. They, they refer to, oh, fat Schmidt. Um, mm-hmm. And it is, it's the same thing with Monica where he, you know, in the the present time in the show is sexy and confident and this kind of ladies man almost and then he is you know the clumsy fat nerd and he's gross and it's it's so expected yeah it's and yeah. and honestly like it's such a it, isn't it such an easy trope at this point that even if you don't necessarily agree with the idea that oh well fat doesn't mean disgusting even as a writer shouldn't you at least understand the fact that this is such an easy trope that you should try something a little more challenging to write well they might, that, but well, they might not know he's fat if you don't have all those other indicators you know I know I'm just saying like it's <laughs> it's such it's like it's it's such a cliche I guess is what I mean it's such a it's such an expected cliche that can't you just well, I guess we're talking about Hollywood and writing and well, that's and not going to. And again, I think it's, <laughs> I, I, it's not always meant to challenge. You know, sometimes they are just going for the easy joke. No, and I think and, you're letting them off way too easy here by saying cliche. It is not meant to be. It's not just lazy. It's meant to be insulting. Yeah. Mm. They're not being insulting by accident. They're meaning to insult. The character is bad because he or she is fat. That's right. part of it. They're not accidentally fat. If they, if they didn't need, if, if they were going to say something nice about the character or the character was sort of neutral, then you wouldn't hire a fat actor or put the actor in a fat suit. Right. Uh, right. So one of the most recent kind of controversies in fat suit stuff was a uh, insatiable on Netflix. Mm. Um, I haven't watched. I don't think I can stomach it. The plot is basically a fat girl. She gets like punched in the face and her jaws wired shut and she loses weight. And then it is a revenge fantasy show where she is getting back at all of the people who were mean to her when she was fat. And they were arguing that the fat suit's okay because she's worse after she loses weight. So it's not a joke that she's fat. It's that she gets worse worse. after losing weight. Right. Because she she becomes the terrible person she's always wanted to be. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a show, obviously. And so she has to start. I'm assuming in the first episode is when you know, the whole sort of inciting incident of her getting punched, yes. the jaws wired shut. And then after that, the, all the rest of the show is her thin and getting revenge on everybody. Yes. So 
so is it ju- is she just in the fat suit for that first episode or is it like uh, no flashbacks? i think there are, it's flashing back and forth ah, so um, it's a recurring thing i don't know if that continues into the second season i guess it doesn't really matter because they still threw in a fat suit and then well i think there's a bigger issue here than the fat suit i think the bigger issue is that the premise of the show is that you cannot be fat and effectual the only way she has any power yeah. in her life is that she has to lose weight and then she can become a captain of industry or she could become mm. a real bitch. She chooses the latter. Mm-hmm. But the point is you have no power until you lose weight. That's yes. the premise of the show. It's rare to see a larger person. I think that's one of the reasons with power. It's it's rare to see that. So I think that's one of the reasons why I really liked the Daredevil series where you had Kingpin being portrayed as this very potent, very scary character. For me, it was refreshing to, and empowering to see that. I was, was trying, I was i know on the fence about that because that's true but then also uh i don't know if it's the second or third season where kind of we're getting the flashbacks of oh he's an emotional eater he's damaged um because there's this the scene where you know it's his mom he's upset and his mom's like oh have some cake and oh i don't remember that i don't know if it's the second or third season but it's kind of showing oh he's actually this damaged fat kid inside but again there you have the association with you know fat equals monstrous yes Huh. And how did he become a monster? Well, let's tell you, we'll tell you how, how he got fat. I will say in the first, I know in the, well, actually I can't say for sure. Cause I don't remember it that well, but in the, I don't remember in the first or second season of the show, them really going into his being fat all that much. It, it really seemed like he was just a, no, a he was just, he was just he fat was just and evil. And yeah. the, and yes, the kingpin yeah. as a character, but like in the comics is, but he didn't have to shed his weight to become potent. That's but true. He's, he's also and evil, he's, but he's also very understandable. I like, guess. I, I mean, I got that character like I understood him and I really enjoyed that as opposed to the vague outline that fat characters tend to be like there was depth. There was there was a person there. And I will say he has I can't remember her name, but he has a woman that he's dating that's in love with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So which I mean, I don't think you see a whole lot of romance with them, but they are. She is a real character who likes him for who she thinks he is. Yeah. they don't go into her liking him because he's fat, but certainly it's not this barrier. I feel like we can't talk about this subject without bringing up the old chestnut. The first movie I saw where I really kind of became aware of fat suits being a thing, Shallow Hal. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Remember <laughs> this? Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. So for those of you who haven't seen the movie, it's um, uh, Jack Black yeah. falls in love with Gwyneth Paltrow after being cursed so that he could only see people for their inner beauty. And their outer beauty, they would only he would only be able to see their outside as a reflection of their inside, which is just such a so, when you state that mm-hmm. is such a weird premise for like a curse. It's because the whole joke is then like, oh, but they're really ugly, and like that's <laughs> well, it's because he's been such an asshole, and mm-hmm. and he gets I think he gets cursed by Tony Robbins if memory serves. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> and it's not a curse; it's meant to help him that he can value people for something other than their physical attributes because mm-hmm. he's a terrible womanizer. Right. And but it's and predicated on the idea that there is an objective measurement of beautiful and ugly, and that measurement is Gwyneth Paltrow is beautiful, and uh, I don't know the actress's name, but whoever played. The I mean, overweight version. It was Gwyneth. No, it was Gwyneth. <laughs> oh God, uh, that yeah. part I don't remember. I guess obviously that's why you brought it up. But but either way, like the fact that the fat version of her character is objectively ugly. Well, actually, what's interesting, so that that notion, so all of the other characters that he sees differently are played by different actors when they're you know beautiful versus 
so they just had the fat soup. Well, part. they're not always like fat versus thin either. Yeah, it's just it's like different. the one the one quality about her that is unattractive that is unattractive. I'm using air quotes here in the movie is that she is fat. Other than that, she looks exactly like herself. Right. Everyone else. They actually get a full body swap, different face, everything. Yeah. Huh. Most notably, the, there's a, a really fat Samoan who, when Jack Black under this influence sees him, becomes this model, beautiful uh, Pacific Asian actor. Like it, it's a different actor. Yeah, right. I don't. I actually, I may not have seen that entire movie because I think I refused point blank to watch the whole thing. <laughs> but I do remember watching. Oh God, what's it called? Uh, the is it the Clumps? What's the movie oh, with God. where uh, Eddie Murphy? So there's the Nutty the professor. professor and the Nutty Professor Two: Colon the Clumps. Right. So my when I first moved to LA, and this was almost nine years ago, uh, my roommate who thought this movie was absolutely hilarious, he, he insisted that I sit down and watch it with him. And he showed me the clumps and I, I sat through about 20 minutes of that movie and I got, I was just fuming like more and more and more and more and more. And I just, <laughs> I just have to stop and be, I have never met anyone who's like, you know, the epitome <laughs> of comedy is the nutty professor too. <laughs> specifically. <laughs> it was, I, I just, I, I mean, I, it's not my sense of humor in the first place, but beyond that, it was so so aggressively offensive it was just because everything was an eating joke a fat joke a fart joke because mm-hmm. they were fat like yeah. it was that was the entire everything relates movie. to the digestive tract there was nothing else to the character right. it but was, their gut system well see the that is a metaphor for <laughs> <laughs> yes man's in humanity to man secretly clever yeah no Ugh. so Relating to the fat suit issue, and I think this is the part that we've sort of danced around up to this point, is what happens when there are fat actors and there are who are perfectly capable of playing these roles and probably playing them much more honestly than a non-fat actor in a fat suit. Well, it's because if you're a fat actor, you're not allowed to get the hero roles. You're not allowed to get leading man, leading lady, Mm. and therefore you're not going to be the famous actor. So if we want to make a movie and we want to cast a star in it, chances are that star is not fat. There are Mm -hmm. a couple of exceptions, but especially for for fat men, there's basically two categories that you can fall into. You can be cast as the blue collar, uh, big bellied, belt buckled. Yeah. Uh, UP, you know, uh, Kevin James in King of Queens. Generally, generally warm or abusive. Yeah. And that sort of, that sort of man's man, very blue collar and, and not okay. Or you can be quirky, chubby, fluffy guy next door who has no love interest and is a gas. And you always have him yeah. over because he says the most outrageous things. It's kind of like the gay character. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the James Corden uh, did an interview. I, I forget with whom, but he the quote was basically um, that, you know, if you get a part as a fat actor that isn't just playing the joke right. of being fat, if you manage to get that far, then you own and, and maybe even even after that, if you get a romantic interest, which is a huge if, it's never a sexual experience. You never see them, you know, kissing or doing anything more than maybe peck on the cheek and a warm hug. It's yeah. very chaste. Or you're the best friend who makes the hot people feel very comforted. Yes. And very and, and you're the sort of sense of support, but yeah. you're supportive you're never, best friend. Yes, you're the supportive Always. best friend. And one of the things I do, you know, when my if my coaching is when uh, a fat person comes to me and we're talking about dating, we're talking about these issues, you know, I often start with, so what role do you tend to fall into with your friend? Right. And a lot of times I do hear, oh, well, you know, I'm the wingman. I'm the person whose shoulder they cry on. I'm the advice guy. I'm the funny guy. You know, if they go out to the bar, 
uh, often they have a lot of straight friends, so mm-hmm. it's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm fat. I'm not going to pick up anyway. So we'll just go to the straight bar anyway. It's it's a defense mechanism, I've been guilty isn't of that. it? I mean, that's that. It's a defense mechanism because if you can't, it's almost like you've you've been trained to make yourself useful. Because if you don't yeah. make yourself useful, then you'll just get left behind by the people who don't want to be yes. around you. And and but the premise of all of this, and I think this is a really basic lie <laughs> that we have going on is that by and large in society, we think it's true that the opposite of sex is fat. Right. And that's why if you're fat, you can't be sexual. If you're fat, you can't have, you know, a date. Well, you can have, you can have the B list or C list dates. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you're allowed that. And it actually actively upsets people. It upsets the community, Mm -hmm. whatever community you're in. When you date outside that class. Oh God. I, just watched uh, Pixar's short Lava this mm. morning. I don't know if any of you remember this short. Mm. It's about a very large volcano um, who is male, identified as male in the song, uh, singing this lovely song about how he hopes to find someone to love him. And he keeps singing this song and he's slowly sinking into the ocean. And this other very beautiful, thin female volcano is underneath the water that slowly rises up when she hears this song and they eventually end up together. And there was this big outcry about why does it have to be the gorgeous thin woman with a big fat volcano as if that spoils the whole thing it's a cartoon you know? oh, <laughs> that, that short was based off of um is the, the hawaiian, the hawaiian singer, singer uh who sang um the famously somewhere over the rainbow it's like in yeah. so many movies as th- that specific cover mm-hmm. um and that was modeled off the real life relationship yeah. of him and his wife but people are just very upset yeah it's but, uh, but honestly, like I prefer that portrayal, like I, okay. So speaking of that, going back to actors, right. Um, and this issue, it can be exhausting having to play that same character over and over. Every minority group has this issue. I had a friend who, for the first, like, I, I think it was two year period in the early two thousands, uh, his entire year, he was an Asian American actor. He only had gay roles and rickshaw drivers. Those were the only two roles he got called in for like two years. Yeah. Um, and for me, what I, when I first moved out to LA, I was acting. And I couldn't take the constant dumb character archetypes being thrown at me again and again and again. We'd like you to play the dumb fat guy. Yeah. Dumb, right. dumb, dumb. Yeah. Um, there was a, my, I had one shot at a, uh, a regular role on a network show and I'm reading the part and it's a, a Hawaiian uh, police detective who eats the evidence during an investigation. Jesus Christ. Right? Groundbreaking. And so I go in, I'm reading this and I'm like, I can't, I can't do this the way it's supposed to be. And so I, I knew I wasn't going to get the role, but I read the entire thing as sarcastic, um, just like just dripping bitterness all over the place. And the casting director loved me like that was great. But then they put me in front of the producers and the response I got was verbatim. Wow, that was really interesting. That was really interesting. It was good. I like that. Could you do it dumber? Because that's why we and, made the fat character. Mm. So he could be dumb. Yeah. And yeah. That, at that point, I'm just like, you know, I. I know as an actor, I should be able to do this, but I just can't do it again and again and again. Well, and that is the decision that I would say all fat actors have to face is, do you want to work? Yep. And and if so, do you want to be the butt of every fat joke? I, I, and and, and this that's is, one of the reasons why I think we see so many fat suits, because honestly, a lot of these fat suit roles, I see them and I'm like, no fat person wants to do this. But I think you know? what's interesting, so... You know, Dan was saying you don't get to be the hero, but in the case of uh, Bombshell, that's not a hero role. That is a villain that is, 
you know, a monstrous role, but I think it's because I was trying to think of like, okay, is there a fat proxy to John Lithgow? Mm. And I couldn't think of anyone. Well, again, you're, you're not going to get that far in the game, in yeah. the stardom game in Hollywood, having a body that, that, that is that far outside the norm. Yeah. Mm. I think, it, I think that's where it starts is, is do we, do we give a fat actor enough roles and enough cred to build up to the point that he has the kind of um, sway that, that John Lithgow has. But, but, mm-hmm. but here's what bugs me about it. Okay. So if I'm the movie producer, I think it's a legitimate argument to say, look, I want to put some star power in this role mm-hmm. and I want to cast John Lithgow mm-hmm. or I, I want to put some star power in this role. So I'm not going to cast a fat actor because who's ever heard of a star who's a fat actor, right? Mm-hmm. Right. There are few and far between. Okay. So I'm going to cast John Lithgow, God's gift to acting. Mm-hmm. Why can't he just play it as that why do we have to make him fat like if you're going to go down the john lithgow train if you're going to do that yeah why not just cast the actor why do we have to why do we have to distort him to make him fat when we weren't willing to hire a fat actor in the first place like it couldn't have been that important for you to it couldn't have been that important that he be fat because you didn't cast a fat actor i'll agree with that if it's we're discussing fictional characters but I got to say, if you're doing an autobiographical piece, you got to try and make the person well, look like the person they're playing or the cast someone who looks like them. I, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but he played Winston Churchill without a fat suit. Yep. No, and he was in a fat suit for, for Winston, Winston There yeah. was padding. There, there was, was definitely padding. Oh, there he, was, he didn't. Oh, that's what it was. He didn't have prosthetics. No, but he did actually have something, I think, in his mouth. In his, in his mouth. It was like attached to his teeth to, to puff I his think cheeks make his, out. He'd puff his cheeks out and also help him speak in that kind of the right the, the word it was weird though because when he did jowly sound yes. to him but okay so we we see the fat suits but then we also see actors gaining weight for roles um like uh jared leto in chapter 27 mm-hmm. i mean talks about going on a crazy diet uh drinking melted ice cream mixed with olive oil and soy sauce yeah um that just sounds disgusting yeah like, which i think yeah. he also says like oh he felt disgusting which helped him play uh a disgusting a, fat a, person. Yeah, a disgusting fat person. Mm. Yeah. Um, which once again, that is a story. It's based off the guy who shot that. Which, which oh, John Lennon. The guy who shot John. Lennon. <laughs> I, I said that earlier, but then it didn't feel right. It's but, funny know. though, because like going back to our uh, an earlier episode where we were talking about the guy who is playing the blob. He was trying to yes. play the blob, mm-hmm. and uh, they were saying him, "We're just we're just so concerned about your health because you're so heavy." Yes. Right. But yeah, Christian Bale gaining 200 pounds to play a role. That sounds real healthy. (laughs) Well, and and Christian Bale is the first person he's actually said in interviews. People say like, oh, you know, what, what diet do you want to lose all the weight afterwards? And he says, you don't want to know my diet. It's ridiculously unhealthy. I do not recommend it. Mm. But again, and he goes in both directions. He, he I've seen him mm. go skeletal for roles. But, too. but, but see, there again is the catch 22. It's there are no famous fat actors, but we keep wanting to play these fat title characters. Yeah. And what it what it points to is that more and more Hollywood's idea of what people look like is not what people actually look like. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that when Hollywood stars try to play normal people, they're the wrong size. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it starts it starts from the ground up like you because like you were saying, like it is reasonable for a producer to say, hey, we you know, this is uh, you know, maybe this is a prestige piece role. We want a really qualified, famous actor to come in and, and give, you know, lend their gravitas to this part, um, to the movie, because we probably can't afford it for every role. Um, but you, you have to start from the ground up well before that, uh, with, with putting fat actors into real parts 
smaller parts so that they can gain the, just do the same exact track the movie stars get where you gain enough cred to get bigger and bigger in parts, but they have to be real. They can't just be playing the fat joke. Mm -hmm. And this isn't a unique struggle either. Uh, the Asian American community has been going through this for mm. literally two decades. Many, um, many minor minority communities. Many, but the Asian one has been specifically hit by just having Asian roles everywhere being played by white people or maybe Puerto Rican people, like vaguely brown people, which kind of passes Asian for Hollywood terms. Um, if you go back and see uh, like King and I back in the day, I think there's one Asian person in the entire movie. Um, yellow face has been a big issue over the past decade where all the starring roles over the course of a year for Asian characters go to white people, you know, it's so, but the argument was always the same. There are no famous Asian actors to put in these roles. We I need mean, star power. There's Emma Stone, Scarlett <laughs> yeah, Johansson. Look, Don, <laughs> they're right in front of you. <laughs> Did you know Scarlett Johansson was also trans? <laughs> oh. But it took 20 years for people actually to start listening to that community. And now we actually are starting to see Asian American stars, mm -hmm. not just Asian American women stars, which we've had for a longer time. Uh, because Asian American men weren't sexy enough to put into movies. That was the argument. You know what I'm just now that we're going sort of into the the broader realm of of casting other minorities to play the parts that they actually represent them. Um, we just Don and I just started watching The Witcher, which I don't know if Trevor mm. or Dan you've seen at all. I've only heard of it. Um, so they, it's I, I'm really liking it so far. But there's oh, yeah, something definitely. that I'm I'm very curious about. Uh, they one of the characters uh, has a sort of transformative experience where her. Initially, she is sort of uh, a malformed character. She's, she's and spoilers for The Witcher. Yeah, I guess I should. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers. Um, it's in the first or second second episode she's in. Anyway, um, she is born she's deformed. Back. She's born deformed. Yeah. And but clearly the actress isn't because she changes later in the show. And it's actually, you know, as somebody who, who doesn't have uh, that handicap, I can't speak to it. But. For me, it actually felt like a genuine taking of power. Like she basically her experiences in, in as a character. Oh, is this what the world wants? All right. Well, screw you, world. I'm going to do this and I'm going to take the power. I'm going to take what's mine and I'm going to do it your way because I choose to. And so she sort of transforms. But what I was getting at was clearly the actress isn't actually that. Yeah. But part of the role was to for her to change into Well, part of the problem is if you if you're going to have a character that has significant amount of screen time in two different shapes, then you have to pick which you shape to pick and one. play yeah. the other. Right. Or you hire two actors. You have no choice. Like I I tend to have greater issue where they cast people to play a a minority that they are not a part of constantly. Mm -hmm. So like uh I go back to Glee. Uh the guy who plays Artie in the wheelchair is not in a wheelchair. He he's not uh he's not handicapped. Mm -hmm. But the character is handicapped throughout the show. They could have hired a handicapped person to play it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know. But in a role like this where they have to flip back and forth or even shallow hell, I'll admit it, you know, you have two different shapes, you're going to have to pick one. Well, but it's so interesting. So I didn't even think of this until Michael pointed it out with Shallow Hell, they could have cast a different actress for Gwyneth Paltrow. Fat, fat Gwyneth Paltrow. I yeah. can't remember the character's name. Um, yeah, no, no, they couldn't. You're not going to use half of Gwyneth Paltrow. A again, from the producer's point of view, you're casting the star not because they're not because they're good, and maybe because they look more of what they look like. You're casting them for the, what they're going to bring to the box the office. The star appeal. Mm -hmm. The star yeah. appeal. And you can't have Gwyneth Paltrow in the lead, but, but we not be that. But, not they, be but the we star. don't see they her. I mean, whenever we see fat Gwyneth Paltrow, it is usually like a sight gag. Oh, of course yeah. it is. 
course it is. No, I'm just saying that they, the people who pay tickets to see a Gwyneth Paltrow movie want to see Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm, that's yeah. that. And that's independent of, of shallow Hal or the, or the fat politics or anything like that. Yeah. And I mean, this all goes back to, again, the sort of grassroots idea that if you, if you aren't giving fat actors real roles to play from the ground up when they are nobody so Absolutely. that they can't build their resume, mm-hmm. you won't ever get fat stars. I mean, I dated an actor a little while back and I mean, I just saw all, I actually edited his reel for him and he, every role that he got because he wanted to work was some iteration on a fat joke. Usually he was eating pizza or dropping the pizza or whatever. In fact, I think he played a a detective. I don't think he ate the evidence, but it was everything just short of that. Like it was, it was everything you would expect from some fat joke walking actor. And I, my first role in Hollywood was sitting in a rickshaw while a poor white guy had to pull me. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That was the joke as a sight gag. And, but things I know, and I'm, this is not a unique experience. This is not groundbreaking, but I, I know that he is a very capable actor and he can do much more than that. And he's, he's and like him, like many other fat actors, he won't be given that chance. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. That's where it all starts. I agree with you. So next week, uh, I have to have some dental surgery. So this has kind of been weighing on my mind. Um, so it's kind of about me, but it's really a Dan story. So it's, um, I guess this is an, I never, or I guess it is a I, um, <laughs> so I, uh, my former dentist, uh, the first time I went to see him expressed concern about my weight, but not to me, he stepped out of the room and then went to Dan. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. So I had been going to this dentist for, a, for a long while. Uh, he was the dentist when I first got to LA, I found him through a friend. And eventually when Trevor got to LA, I said, Oh, you should come see my dentist. And Trevor's in the chair. And at some point Trevor's still in the chair mm-hmm. and the doctor comes out, the dentist comes out and he's, and he's just kind of scratching his head and looking really worried. And I'm like, why are you out here talking to me? Why wouldn't you be, if you had a, like his, he looks concerned. And I'm thinking, why wouldn't you take up this concern with a patient? If you were concerned, but why, why am I involved? Anyway, so he comes towards me and he says, you know, he's just so big. Uh huh. I mean, I mean, and, and the shock and the, the incomprehension in his voice. So he says, has he always been this big? Did something happen? <laughs> I'm like, no. He's just a really big guy. Is there a problem? Yeah. And he, he just, he just can't get it. And he just sort of walks back to the chair, shaking his head. What? It, really? He just came out to comment on he that? He just came out to comment on that. I mean, I suppose you could make the spurious argument, the specious argument that he wanted to know of any problems with his health that may not have been I don't know. It's nonsense. No, 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 no. He came out to comment on how fat he was. And was this a new or, or, or intransigent condition? He was 120 pounds when he went to sleep last night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would have been the funnier answer if I thought to say it. All that tooth weight. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta lose that tooth weight. Mm -hmm. I'm curious though, if, because this is not uncommon generally. I mean, that's, that's a reaction that happens. But uh, a dentist? No, no, no. Uh, from people generally, just yeah. the, the shock of okay. your size. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not yeah. from a dentist. I'm saying it, I'm curious. Is it? Do you think it's an LA thing? Not, no. not, not unique to LA. No, but do you think if no. he had been in, say, uh, you know, Iowa, and Trevor had come in and sat down on the chair, do you think he would have done the exact same thing? 
this the same person yes the same person the same i mean i mean the same doctor of yeah. course that, yeah. I, I don't think it's that i think you know as i say fat is a localized event so fat in santa monica is not the same as fat in detroit is not the same as fat in new york city or london or dubai or kazakhstan fat is localized there are there are certain parameters that we operate in so yes. the end result of this is that he stopped his procedure walked out of the room where trevor was to talk to dan to comment about oh, how fat he was has he started the procedure yeah i mean i remember being in the train being like what the f <laughs> oh my god he literally stopped drilling yeah. to walk out and comment oh my god and, <laughs> which i didn't know all i know is the doctor's coming out to talk to me i have mm -hmm. no idea why and he seems so befuddled and we did could, you we could do an entire episode on crap in the doctor's office i'm sure oh yeah oh well, my which, god so kind of our this won't be a good segue to our tip of the week because this is something a lot of people have usually not with dentists <laughs> um but finding a fat friendly doctor usually like as a fat person when i've gone like when i first moved to la and i was trying to find a new doctor uh, in when i moved to la i started having really terrible allergy issues and it was getting worse and worse and like i couldn't breathe i just was always congested and kind of had this like raspy mm -hmm. rattle in my chest and i could not get a doctor to look at that they're like oh my god you're so fat um like all this stuff and like okay well let's you know i want you to come back and we'll i'll give you a uh a referral for a nutritionist and i'm like no actually like i'm having some really severe allergy issues uh can you look at that or give me something for it and they just would not acknowledge yeah. that they're like oh you're fat that's the issue i went in with strep throat and the doctor wouldn't talk about my throat like that couldn't be the issue clearly clearly you're so fat your throat is rebelling yeah um, well, the, the cure for any malady if you're fat is weight loss yeah yeah I mean, that's and just how they assume it well to we this can... day I, I always say this over and over every doctor i've gone to always seems so offended that i don't have high blood pressure or that mm. i don't have diabetes like, oh yeah they're furious over it because well, you're taking time bomb oh yeah i'm gonna any blow second, you're gonna, you're just gonna everywhere <laughs> no and that's and that's something that i call the wages of sin because they look at fat and sin as a as a or fat and gluttony as a sin yeah and so well you may not have it now but just you wait. God's mm -hmm. going to punish you for that. And it's like we, a lot of Christians from the 1980s with AIDS patients. Like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just God you wait. sent it. God, God sent it. Just you wait. God will yep. get you. Yeah. It was at least six months I was suffering. And I was, I eventually started being like, can I, like, is there such a thing as a fat friendly doctor? Um, and I found a list. Um, so the website was Cat and Dragon. And it was a list of fat friendly doctors by state. And then you'd click on the state and it would kind of break it down by city. Um, so I found my current doctor from that list. Um, who's like, he's, they said he was fat friendly. He's like kind of fat friendly, but I, <laughs> he was a, you know, he, I, I walked in and he's like, oh, well, you know, you're pretty overweight. And I was like, actually, like I got you from a list of fat friendly doctors. I'm like, I don't know if you're on the list, but I would like to address these issues I'm coming in for. Mm -hmm. And if I want to lose weight, we can have the discussion later. But like, I'm like, I've been suffering for a long time. I want to handle this. And it turns out I had like a sinus infection. I had a bronchial infection. Okay. Um, I had allergy induced asthma. I mean, it took several like consistent visits to get these issues under control because it had been so long, um, which I think a lot of people have similar stories when they're fat and they are experiencing some kind of issue and they can't get it treated. And then sometimes it's fatal because, you know, it's been, yeah. you know, they had cancer and it wasn't diagnosed. Even just to add to that, you were making the steps to actually go to the doctor and try and get treatment. I know people just anecdotally that 
refuse to go to the doctor because they know they're walking into conflict and judgment and they won't even get, they won't even seek the treatment that they need because they're so afraid of, of, of that experience, which is Mm -hmm. a real, it's, it's consistent. It, you, every time they walk into the office, they are walking into judgment. Yeah. We have a, a, had a friend who was trying to get knee replacement surgery. They wouldn't do it. And they're like, you need to lose weight. But he's like, I can't lose weight because I can't move because I'm in such agonizing pain because I need new knees. And it's just this kind of vicious cycle. And by the way, a study did come out uh, fairly recently that uh, weight does not affect the outcome of knee surgeries. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. But but see, no one had ever bothered to study because a lot of these studies, when you get into the medicalization of fat, you get into this mindset where we're not going to do a study on that because we already know the answer. Mm. And if we don't get the answer, we know we're going to get. Well, we must have done the study wrong. Which comes back to our initial topic of fat-friendly doctors. Do you yes. have resources? Uh, so there is. So I found my doctor from a list. It's a uh, cat and dragon. All of these resources will be on our website, mm. uh, bigfatgaypod.com. If you mm-hmm. go to this episode, uh, click on it. I, I'll have all the links. Uh, cat and dragon, which unfortunately seems to be a little out of date. It was last updated in 2016. Uh. Um, there's another, um, your fat friend on Instagram created a post for people to kind of resource share. Uh, which I'll link to that post. So basically people were saying, you know, I need a doctor in, you know, Los Angeles, California. And people would reply to that. There's another list um, of the health at any size community, um, which mostly seems to be more kind of like therapists um, mm. or some uh, physical therapists, more kind of n- not medical doctors, but so specialized, other specialized. Care. Yeah. And then there was also a great article on Vice of this woman writing about her experience of trying to find a fat-friendly doctor. So this would be like if you're looking at these lists, you don't see your city or anything. Uh, the steps you can take to contact doctors, what to say. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, like she's kind of breaks down emails she would write to offices. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of a good last resort. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times you just need to know how to approach it in the first place. And if you follow a template that somebody else has set forth, that could be really helpful, especially because not everyone's going to have the kind of resources you could find in Los Angeles or New York or another large city. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just knowing how to say the things you need to say could be really, really helpful. Yeah. And if you have a fat friendly doctor, please go to this Instagram post and share it because Mm. uh, there is a need for this information. Yeah, there's far too few relating to your earlier point, Michael, about people who won't even go go to see the doctor because like who needs that hectoring? And, you know, you, you, you arrive with a sinus infection and you leave with a, you know, weight loss surgery brochure. Yeah. Which they always hand you. Yeah. Yeah, like it's mm-hmm. like the first thing that happens when you walk through the door is here's the brochure. Yeah. But something that you can kind of do that's much subtler to kind of take some power is for a lot of people, the scale is very intimidating. And one of the first things you do when you walk into a doctor's office is they put you on a scale Mm -hmm. and they're more apt to do it the fatter they see you are right right and so they want to know how much you weigh and they they will they will ask you your height but they will put you on the scale for Mm -hmm. your for your weight for your bmi for you so you can get your bmi but my point is you can actually refuse that you can actually say oh no thank you one and in, in many cases like my so you know my fat friendly doctor their skill can't weigh me yeah exactly Right, right. And I, I was talking to, uh, this was a woman in uh, Finland. And in Finland, it's absolutely de rigueur. It's very systematized where every, you walk into an office, you get weighed. Doesn't matter who, every patient gets weighed upon arriving. And 
In Finland, it is quite a thing to say, no, I'm not going to get weighed today. I don't believe in that. No, thank you. Yeah. And nobody says, please leave the office. They don't light the torches and, and chase after you in ignominy. Right. Now, the medical people may make the argument that, well, you know, we, we have to know your body weight because, you know, if to give you how much anesthetic are we going to give you and what dose of pill are we going to give you? Well, a couple of things. Number one, you're probably not in that doctor's office to get operated on that day. Mm -hmm. Number two, if they are going to prescribe something, they can look at you. They know you're a lot bigger. They know that you're twice the size of the person they usually see. They don't need you to get on a scale to confirm that. Right. And here's the, the ugly truth. Number three, all of the inserts, all of the package inserts for any of the drugs they're going to prescribe you, we're never tested on fat people in the first place. Right. Yeah. So they have no information about the drug at your weight. In fact, I would argue that in many cases, they have no information for the majority of their patients because one of the ways you get a drug through medical testing is you don't test it on people who are too far away from the average or what you want. So people with a BMI over 25 are excluded from these studies anyway. Which can have serious impacts on the effects of this stuff. I just watched the show Shrill. Yep. And spoiler for Shrill. I had no idea the day after pill doesn't work on women over 180 pounds. Yes. That oh. is something that mm. you should freaking know. I like, didn't know that either. Did you want, uh, Trevor, did you want to finish up your list? I don't know if you had any other. Oh, no, that was the, people. the list. Um, but we do have a, a diet. Bit, which oh, yes. You, Don is the only one who doesn't <laughs> I'm know this. Very I'm very excited. I am burning with anticipation. <laughs> so <laughs> as I, well, you should be. Uh, I was in a lift and um, the, the lift driver's making conversation. And she said, oh. Have you seen those ads for weight loss competitions on Facebook? <laughs> and I was just like, nope. Because <laughs> <laughs> already it's like kind of like, okay, red flag. Red flag. Like general red flag. And then she's like, oh, well, I, I need to lose 40 pounds. But I was like, oh, this might be a good way to do it. And, you know, they'll they'll pay you money to lose weight. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like uh. even <laughs> further red flag. And she's like, you know, so I went. Uh, it's in Culver City. I went and they told me how much weight I need to lose uh, for this competition. You know, I need to lose 20 pounds. And all I had to do was pay them $400. Oh, God. Wow. And I could, you know, if I lose. <laughs> and they'll the lose the pounds, weight for you? <laughs> that's awesome. You all I lose $400 in one simple step. <laughs> and so, no, she needs. Uh, it was some. Maybe it was, I mean, it, was what, two, it was two to four weeks, but it was yeah, whatever twenty pounds, time. and it was you know it she'll win more money. I don't think they were actually setting the amount of time for it to be an achievable goal. Like yes. they well, don't that could be yeah. Like even if they were to honor it, like it's not in their but best interest. So, no, so the business model is that you will fail. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. customer fails. It That's is designed. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I so I have heard of this before, but I'm like just everything about this being through Facebook and like she goes to some place. Mm. They can, you know, she steps on their scale. They can rig the scale. Sure. They could also just disappear during this amount of time um, <laughs> that she is. You pay us four hundred dollars and then come back sometime later. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> just show up. But this is a. There are several of these apps, businesses, services. Wow. Do you um, have the name by any chance? Because it'd be great to do. warn people away from that. So I have a list. Um, yeah. There's let's... Diet Bet. There is healthy wage. There is stick with two Ks instead of instead of a CK. That's the one where they just beat you until you lose the weight <laughs> with a stick. <laughs> um, fat bet, lose it or lose it. Oh boy. Um, and 
so after, after telling this story, cause I told Michael and Dan and a couple other people, I got a Facebook ad for the winning skinny. Oh boy. <laughs> which I think may have, I don't, I mean, it's hard to say cause Facebook's listening all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so I don't know if it's this one. Um, Creepy. so I was researching this. People have had success. People have won money. Uh, I, th- and this goes back a couple years cause I saw something from 2013. It was a today article couple loses 120 pounds gains six thousand dollars uh but at the end of the article they say oh and they basically gained a bunch of the weight back and they're working to lose it again <laughs> um wow so it's i'm i'm i have to say i'm stunned that they actually got the money out of that situation oh no one person's gonna get some money yeah and you're gonna hear about it a lot by the company well, that right. gave them the money or or they didn't and it's more publicity it's, yeah it's just never that maybe bad. if you're really good at yo-yoing you could game the system like you could gain a bunch of weight <laughs> and then and go then in lose oh my god immediately if christian bale is in your group <laughs> yeah. dodge get just out get out just run well i mean the recipe for getting fatter is usually going on a diet so yeah, you, I mean, they, they have, they have a built in customer base, right? In, in college, uh, I had a friend who their mom approached my mom commiserating and having, you know, Oh, we both have fat children. Um, and you know what I do with my child is, Oh dear. I tell them a dollar a pound. Oh God. And then also I think there was like maybe $5 every 10 pounds, you get a bonus. Brian. And I'm trying to remember if I think my parents did that. Which, no, they, they gave me weight loss incentives, but well, it wasn't didn't they a dollar take you, Weren't you telling me the other day that they were taking you around to various different doctors to try and to teach you how to lose weight when yeah, you were a child? Yeah. Well, and some of the nutritionists they took me to were insane. They took me to this one nutritionist who she said she was a, she was a holistic nutritionist. She asked me, so what's your genetic background? I'm like, well, I'm half Hawaiian, half Icelandic. She looked at me and went, well, the, the Hawaiian is clearly dominant. So what we need to do is we need to put more pork we need to put more pineapple, <laughs> coconut product, oh, God. and uh, taro root in your diet. And I'm like, I'm in Massachusetts. Where the hell am I going to find taro root? <laughs> but that now, have you tried doing that? Hey, uh, if I could get by purely on pork, pineapple, and taro root, I might be a very happy man. I, I, I love all three of those things. Well, that's a conversation. After we record, we'll swing by the Hawaiian barbecue place. Oh, I'm, yes. I'm so we'll in. stock up. No, the, the diet episode, that is, we, there's plenty to mine there, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. I think that's our show for today. Yeah, and um, uh, we're recording this the day after we launch, which yeah, is really, so really exciting. It's, it's nice actually knowing there's an audience and that people like it. Yeah. Instead of like Thank this you. false, like, oh, this is... This is great. We're Everyone doing- loves us. When it's like, no, no, <laughs> no one's, one's heard, heard it yet. yet. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to us. We yes, appreciate all the comments. And uh, yeah. where, can, where can they write us? Um, well, we have a few different channels. Uh, Trevor, yes. you want to hit us okay. with the social so, media? Uh, at Big Fat Gay Pod mm-hmm. on Instagram, at Big Fat Gay Pod. Twitter. On Twitter. Uh, you can search. I, I made a Facebook page. Uh, so there's the Big Fat Gay Podcast on Facebook. You can go to our website, www.bigfatgaypod.com. And everything is housed there. If you only have to yes. remember one thing, you can always go uh, there to find the various resources. Yeah, and that's where the links for the the fat-friendly doctor information will be. Right. So as far as where we're going right now, if you want to just add the RSS feed, that's on the homepage. Uh, if you need to subscribe and you can't find us somewhere, we should be most places. I think the last one we're trying to fix is Stitcher. Yeah. Um, Which by the time you listen to this, we might be, you might be listening yeah. to this on Stitcher. Could be coming to Stitcher soon or already. Could be a total non-issue. Yeah. Um, but we definitely,
definitely want to give like a really genuine and heartfelt thank you to the people who a listened and b then got back to us and said mm-hmm. how much they enjoyed it. I mean, it, it means was kind a lot. Of, We're not doing this for the money. Yeah, it was really overwhelming. And honestly, my whole point for doing this is if I can reach one person who really, really needs to hear it, then that is well worth it. And I've been loving the messages of everyone saying how cute they think Michael is. <laughs> That's why he's the cute one in episode two. <laughs> right, because we're all about the sex appeal here. <laughs> Faces for radio. Well, that's why I married around. the guy next to me. Just... <laughs> I'm the guy next to him. <laughs> they, they can't see. But uh, if you're listening in the car, there's someone behind you. Look out. 